Hello and welcome back to another edition of Podcasts from the Edge with me, Peter Bruce. This is where I try to make sense of what is happening around me and hopefully in the process you learn something you didn't know as well. A lot of our discourse as South African revolves around corruption, corruption in government and in the private sectors and state incompetence generally. We're less concerned with economic policy and how it's made. We all know what black economic empowerment is, for example, or about the possible sale of SAA, but these are manifestations of decisions made by small groups of people far away from public view. There's nothing unique about it, all governments do it, but today we have an opportunity to look behind the news and my uh, guest is an extraordinary South African. Mabusa Msamang is a former senior Mkontawe Siswe officer, head of the South African National Parks Board, uh, Director General at Home Affairs. He's lived in Canada, Tanzania, Kenya. He's an ANC elder and a voice of reason to go to when you get nervous about the country and its leadership. Mabuso is currently helping out, as I understand it, at the Department of Home Affairs, his old stamping ground, trying to streamline the process of getting skilled immigrants into the country. Heaven knows we need them. Mabusa, thank you for joining me. You've been around for a long time. Is there a noticeable change of gear or energy in government to speed up the way things work? Do you notice going back into home affairs that things have changed? Well, thanks very much for the invitation, uh, Peter. Actually, my brief uh, is to coordinate um, an in initiative called Vulindlela. It's a presidential um, initiative that's also supported by National Treasury. In their discussion uh, last year, Cabinet um, believed the, that uh, the um, economy would be assisted by the um, uh, smoothening, by the improvement in the efficiencies of importing um, critical skills that have been uh, assessed as such uh, in South Africa. So my task is to coordinate the effort uh, of doing this. Home Affairs naturally um, issues the visas um, once uh, the Department of um, Trade and Industry has also had its say about um, the necessity or otherwise of uh, such skills in the country, Department of Labor and the South African Qualifications Authority, as well as the Department of Higher Education and Training. Uh, I, I've been uh, tasked with uh, coordinating this effort aimed at smoothing, fast-tracking, or uh, it takes as long as six months sometimes to complete the whole process. It's believed that with the competition that's uh, for skilled um, labor in the world and the global mobility of uh, skilled labor, we are remaining behind. We need to um, to do something about that. Yeah, it's an interesting thing because as I understand it, Vulint Lele is, is, is to operationally quicken the pace of various departments, not just um, this particular this particular process. There are other things in government but this is what you've been asked to, to do. And let me just understand it because what, you, what you're describing is not a change in the process. What you're trying to do is take the process as it exists and make it work better. Um, and I just wonder whether it, you know, whether we can talk about the value of it, whether, you know, whether f five departments, including the South African Qualifications Authority, can really work together to produce a sensible list um, uh, of critical skills for a country when they're not actually involved in the economy of the country in any meaningful way, apart from 
really the DTI, I suppose, but they're not doing the hiring of these skills that South African businesses are. Um, how how do you make a bad process better? Uh, and, um, how do you make a bad situation good? Uh, it's a difficult, yes, uh, entangled situation to get departments that have nothing to do with the skills requirement. But uh, the reality is that uh, there are certain concerns, there's certain checks that need to be put in place. For instance, uh, people could claim to have the skills that are needed and yet not have them. So you've got to check with the department that deals with that. People could be a security risk, and uh, you also have to check whether uh, the skills are uh, available in the country. So you've got to deal with the Department of Employment and Labor uh, to determine that uh, the, the, the critical skills actually are not available here. So somehow it seems to me that it's unavoidable that you have to touch base with this. But I do think that uh, the real, real problem is that if people are recognize that we are in competition with other countries, Saudi Arabia, which is quite rich and is uh, doing everything to um, make it easy for people to come into Saudi Arabia. We need to spruce up and see what we can do to not lose out because uh, we've got bureaucratic systems. Mabusa, you may have been at Home Affairs um, uh, when this list was first Created. I don't know whether it's an ANC government came with the ANC government or whether it's something um, that you inherited. But do you do you know anything about the, the the history of it? I mean, how it whose idea was it to have a a list in the first place? Well, I think in the first instance, the ANC did not quite appreciate the value of uh, the Department of Home Affairs. Respectfully, I would say that's why they gave it to a non-ANC minister to run. Um, and during that period, there were lots of uh, my policies on migration that were not necessarily um, of uh, priority interest uh, to uh, South Africa. But in 1999, I think you had uh, a first crack at uh, reviewing the Immigration Act, uh, etc. Uh, I wouldn't remember exactly what years these changes were made, but... Uh, yeah, I think just about every country, by the way, does have a policy on how it manages its migration, even of skilled people. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that it is. But you know what? What? What um, bothers me about the list, and I will we'll come to sort of more detail about it, is is that once you once you draw it up, what you effectively do is exclude everybody who's not on the list. So, if you look at the at the at the latest. Um, the last draft of this critical skills list was published, I think, in February, and comments were asked for it. Uh, for instance, it 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 makes there is no. I've, I've looked at it now three or four times today. I cannot find the word plumber or electrician on it. And when you think of the scale of the sort of municipal catastrophe occurring in our small towns around the around the country. Uh, that could be fixed by somebody who could, you know, weld two pipes together, um, or fix a valve or a pump. Um, uh, you wonder, you, you wonder who's who's drawing this thing up. I mean, they are. Why are there no plumbers or electricians that we need them very badly? Uh, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I should say, by the way, we would have had plenty of these plumbers. The apartheid government had them, but. Uh, the uh, policy that was adopted uh, towards uh, in in this regard, 
saw a lot of the people emigrate. Um, but lots of plumbers, uh, uh, masons, and people like that in, in Australia, in, um, in, in other countries, and they earn good money. And the result, of course, is that the replacement of uh, those schools, artisanal schools, uh, with the new institutions has not been efficient at all. So you are absolutely uh, right, Peter, that there is a serious shortage of these things. And the likely bureaucratic reaction to that claim is that, oh, come on, we have so many Tibet uh, colleges and people are graduating, etc., etc. I think that these are things that need to be looked at uh, from a very practical, realistic point of view. But, but somebody then makes a joke about uh, Plumba, or, or what is so special about that skill? No. Yeah, well, yeah, a plumber walks into a bar. But this is the thing about, this is the, this is the number of the question that I wanted to ask you was, it's not about whether you've been to a TVET or you have a qualification as a plumber. I remember the government had a program a few years ago to, to train 50,000 plumbers, um, which all went to nothing eventually. I don't know who was running it, um, but there was money allocated and these poor kids who signed up eventually ended up doing almost nothing. But what you obviously want from your plumber or your electrician is not just the skill, but the experience to go with it, to understand what, um, and that's what we obviously lost through immigration, was experience. And surely the only way to replace it is by importing experience again, not just simply saying, let's, let's, you know, let's, as you correctly say, you know, the bureaucratic response is to look to how many TVET graduates you've got in plumbing. And I just wonder where, to what extent the ANC, because it's so much tied up with the way the party approaches problems like this, how it's how it sees experience versus um, qualification and skill and all that. But I'm not an official of the ANC, so I don't know. I understand, <laughs> but you've been around. But I, I think we can comment on the government. For me, this the the important thing is that uh, cabinet has made a decision that. Uh, there is a need to prioritize the uh, importation or putting in place of uh, critical, and I think one must also say scarce skills, because you get into those definitions of how critical and so on. I would have thought, I would expect this task not to be too difficult, uh, in the sense that the, depart- the, the minister in charge of uh, employment and labor and all the other departments that we're talking about are part of cabinet, and they agree that there is a shortage of these skills. And therefore, one would expect them to go back to their departments and say, how do we um, um, fast-track the, the process, this importation? You, once you get into this, you discover that there are social partners, there is network, and, and all of these things must be negotiated there. And I'm telling you, I'm just hoping that uh, these things are going to be well you have to take them into account unfortunately yeah just a little bit more on all on on the on the mechanics of it you know because because uh, one of the critical skills in the in the draft in the february draft was um we have sales and marketing manager agricultural farm manager travel accommodation inspector caravan park and camping ground manager how can that possibly be a scarce skill I, didn't, I hadn't seen that. Yeah, but yeah. That's... Um, who who needs who needs a diploma, while an FET college principal needs a bachelor's degree, um, 
and you have to say, you know, I mean, surely, surely, Mabuso, and I understand you're quite right. I'm not trying to say South Africa is an outlier. In fact, Australia um, is has a much more sort of vicious uh, immigration policy than we do. But given the state of our um, our infrastructure and our economy and our lack of skills, uh, you know, is 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 what you're involved in in your mind going to even will it make a, a measurable difference in um, uh, in our in our skills base? Can you open it up? What is it that you are doing or that the government is doing? That will make it more attractive for somebody with a with a sellable skill anywhere in the world to come here. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the heart of the question of this exercise, and I'm saying that the the intentions are very good, but the um, structure of uh, governance, uh, the consultations that need to take place, require that everybody who has a say in these things uh, uh, is allowed is given time to to do it. I can tell you, much as we appreciate the need to get these skills in, there are people who take very firmly the opposite view and say, we've got unemployed people, never mind what experience they have. We've got a lot of unemployed people, but you're not then going to bring in electricians and so on, find some among the population and so on. So it, it's not going to be an, an easy thing at all. But as I was saying, if uh, there is the determination that I've not been able to assess uh, to... Um, to get on with this thing because they've agreed to it at cabinet, then one would uh, think that uh, it's not going to happen quickly. It's, it, it just isn't. What can be done? I mean, South Africa, I think in, in, in the past, uh, there are many people who would like to come and live in this country. And uh, uh, if, if, you, if, 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 it's, uh, if you want to lure them with uh, permanent residence, for instance, but it's got its own problems too. You might say, if you fulfill ABC, we will uh, also, uh, if you've got this kind of skill, can come and stay here, we'll assess it, and uh, at the end of your uh, tenure of your assignment, you can apply for a permanent residence. And so if it interests uh, people, I think it's one possible uh, carrot that you could throw in there. Um, uh, but nothing would work better than doing things efficiently. And I am saying, theoretically, and perhaps... Uh, that's that's a big challenge, you know. Um, but there's a number of things. Uh, I mean, you could say to somebody, if your investment is worth uh, X amount, you're coming in with a, if it's an investor, billion rand investment, uh, you can bring in so many other skilled people. I, really, I'm just talking from headache here. This is nothing that anybody has agreed, but there's a number of options that could be considered if the if the parties, if the partners to these things, you see, I mean, there's a there's a um, there's, there's a um, there's a guy at, at Harvard University, Ricardo Hausman. He's an economist. I'm sure you've come across his name, who argues quite smartly that you don't need an education to get a skill. What you need is uh, to watch somebody with the skill do their job properly uh, for five years, and then have them watch you while you do yours for five. You know, if you were a Heart transplant patient, and I was a young medical graduate with um, about to perform my first heart transplant on you. You'd be much more keen that I had 25 years' experience doing it than if it was my first one. And and 
So what, what Hausman is arguing, not that he's talking about doctors necessarily, is simply that that skills and experience are are, the, are almost inevitably linked to immigration. You cannot get a skill in a country if it is missing without having somebody there to show it to you. You can't you can't learn it on TV or out of a book or at a university. You have to get it from somebody who literally knows what they're doing. And he has a very good example uh, in Thailand. Thailand and Ghana in 1963 were the roughly the same size economies, one based on cocoa and the other one based on rice. And what the Thais have done now, they're six or seven times bigger than the Ghanaian economy. Simply, they opened up their country to to immigration and investors, and the Thais learned how to make cars and and computer chips and all sorts of complicated medical equipment, etc., because they encouraged other people to come and make them there and obviously hire local people and 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 pass on the skills. And we we won't do that. We as you say, I mean there's there are a lot of people in the in the ANC and maybe South Africans generally, you know, we don't like foreigners. We are we are you know, we're not happy about immigrants. You know, unfortunately, I cannot argue against what you're saying. I wish we could be doing this project together. <laughs> you're kicking an open door as far as I am concerned. Those things are absolutely... Uh, uh, I think the, the first challenge, I really am making your point now, the first challenge is to convince people that the problem does exist. You've got people leaving South Africa in droves to sell their skills elsewhere. So, so, so not only are we lacking what we, we're missing what we need to import, but what we have already leaves, black and white, by the way, uh, to countries that um, uh, appreciate the need for, for, for the, the, the individual, for the person who will pass on the skills. I do agree. I really, really do. I think a lot of, when you talk ANC now, I, I, I can see why you go, go there. I think if it's adopted as policy by ANC and the, their ministers, have to implement this, then uh, then perhaps it might improve the situation a little bit. But you have a, a the labor movement, which really does not always understand that, in fact, what you're doing might be tantamount to replacing, to keeping people unemployed forever. You can argue until you're blue with some of the people uh, that if I was fresh from university, I wouldn't do anything about electricity. <laughs> I would, you would rather hire an standard eight electrician and hire me and so on because uh, so, so but but one would think that people will, should understand that uh, <laughs> put a condition if you will put a condition it's good for you i think if it, it's attractive to the skill that you want to import you come here and uh, in the given period of time we expect you to produce so many local or to train at least so many local people in the, there you go yeah yeah um, yeah i mean it should be simply if it was an open process and your problem is you don't have a problem when you get here. You've got a problem in five years if you're not employing five South Africans, let's say. Well, I mean, one, one, one talks to people and say, what employment are you protecting when there's no one coming in to invest? Yeah. There will be yeah. no employment. And as, you know, as far as the unions are concerned, it's, all, it's foreign investors who keep those highly paid union jobs alive. All the entire motor industry is foreign investment. If you look at... Um, you know the the uh, mining companies as well. I mean, a lot of that. There's all that money is foreign capital. Well, not all of it, but a but a great a great deal of it. The the, the and just I just wanted to ask you the difference 
between being on and off the list seems completely arbitrary. So we have um, policy and planning managers are on the list, but a program or project manager is not on the list. Um, uh, there's a distribution manager on the list, but a road transport or warehouse manager is not on the list. A small business manager is included, but a restaurant or club manager is excluded. It seems so arbitrary. Yeah, I took a cursory uh, look at uh, those lists, and uh, the intention of this exercise would be, and I don't want to promise things that may not happen, uh, to review the lists, by the way, in the light of discussions that take place. Um, the LSA, which houses uh, business, uh, has been asked to uh, indicate what their pain points are. I think they are known, uh, but perhaps if people could be a little could be quite uh, granular about the things that you're talking yeah. about. And, and we see whether they can, we can get them into the list if everybody agrees that. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe, maybe you know, a list, that, that, a list of things that, um, that are simply not allowed in the country would be shorter um, <laughs> and more helpful because then it would be, you know, like journalists or, or uh, um, well, podcasts. But if, you know, if Pick and Pay decided to, um, to hire an American CEO, um, they'd have a, they'd have a hell of a job getting him into the country because he'd have to keep on leaving to go and renew his work permit, as has just happened, I believe, with the new and rather successful coach of Bafana Bafana. So you hired this chap, I think he's German or Austrian, um, and he's had to go home to uh, to fix up his work permit. You know, I don't know why it is like that because the policy that I read. Uh, it's not up to date. You clearly, I must concede that you, you're looking at these things and you've been looking at them for much longer than myself. Pick and pay. Take the example of pick and pay. The, 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 I was discussing with one of the ministers in the department concerned. The intra-company uh, transfers of uh, senior people provides, uh, unless people are just observing these things in the bridge, for a number of people of staff, uh, pick and pay staff, to come in from outside based on whatever criteria we, we use. But up to 40% of those senior staff can come from inside. Whether when the application is then made, people start saying other things is, is what I don't know. And once you are inside the country, you may apply for the extension of, uh, of your visa. That's how it's supposed to be. I mean, if it's being implemented differently, that's a serious yeah. problem. Mabusa, my understanding is that the list, the final list, is 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 about to be published fairly soon. Perhaps even as soon as next month. Uh, is that is that? Familiar? I'm not sure, honestly. I've just been trying to get um, uh, myself into into the string of this thing, right. and I'm grateful for this interview because I have questions that uh, I will be asking of this. We should assist uh, in the work yes. that. Uh, we're supposed, I'm supposed to be coordinating. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I'll send you some of the material I've got and some of the questions that I've that uh, that I'm, I'm 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 putting to you. So you haven't been there very long. What's it like being back? You know, every time you speak to politicians about their failings as ministers, they blame the officials. Um, and and having been the senior official, I'm sure you, it's something that you're familiar with. Um, What's it like being back at Home Affairs and what do you see um, in terms of the quality of people you were there, who are there now compared to what you, people that you worked with? What's your impression? 
Actually, I only got into government very late because I'd been working with the so-called state-owned, not the big ones, uh, you know, uh, the tourism things and, and so on. And, and, the, and things are different there from government. I first went into government proper in a department with Home Affairs. And uh, I think one of the really serious problems is the manner in which senior employees like DGs and DDGs are employed by ministers. Uh, the late Stan Sangwini and Professor Sangwini never failed to tell government that ministers are not really qualified to employ those kinds of people. So system of bringing them in needs to be changed. I'm told right now they are reviewing the public service um, uh, commission, uh, whatever regulations, to give effect to, to, to try and avoid the kinds of things that have, it's really gone very bad. You disagreed or if the minister didn't like you, or you didn't like what they were doing, because they had hired you, you'd either leave if you were, were sufficiently principled or had all op options, or you uh, find yourself out of there if you, if you, if you meet uh, that people. It, it's really been very... Um, uh, uh, the, the result of the change uh, into the current system has been very detrimental to good uh, civil service uh, uh, performance. Because you, if I remember, you fell foul of Nkosazani Lamini Zuma when she became Home Affairs Minister. I, I, I got in when uh, Nusibiwe Nkisengagulu was, was the Minister of Home Affairs. Then um, she was changed after Pulukwana uh, from, uh, well, what happened was that Nkosazana Zuma was removed from Foreign Affairs and uh, got into uh, Home Affairs. And I worked under her for some time. I left at the end of my contract. Yeah. I won't embarrass you. Um, the the here's the, my final two questions. Can do you think that you can make a difference? If you if 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 the object here is to speed up the process of getting these skills in, in other words, I as an employer come to you and I say that I want a um, I'm going to read from the list chair. I want a data management manager uh, from Bulgaria. Um, at the moment, that's going to take me six months because it's, be, it's got to be approved by Labour, DTRC, uh, higher education? No, that's, um, but home affairs as well. At the moment, six months minimum, I would have thought. Uh, do you think you can make me, do you think you can get me that, um, that data management manager any quicker? Yeah, you know, honestly, I would be, be foolhardy to hazard, I guess. Yeah. The, the situation that one is looking at is such that quite a number of very drastic um, changes in attitude uh, needs to be made in order for what we're talking about to be realized. I, I have about three months or so, four at most, on this uh, job. Uh, it's not nearly enough. And of course, I would be available after that. So please let, let no one think I would like to get But uh, I, I do think, though, very seriously, that uh, if the, I, 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 I despair when I think that cabinet has come to the determination that these skills are needed. And the cabinet ministers are in charge of departments. One would expect that the cabinet minister says, we have decided that this be the case. At least as far as the departments are concerned, that ought to go. However, I do concede that when it gets to the netlugs and so on, which operate quite independently, what the Bulgarian guy is not likely to come in 
before the end of four months or so. Marissa Msimang, we have to end it there. You've been very kind with your time and I can't thank you enough for talking to me. I'll be back next week with another interesting guest. And don't forget, you can listen to podcasts from The Edge on the Financial Mail website and both the Apple and Spotify podcast platforms. In the meantime, keep safe, keep your distance, wear a mask and ignore the crazies. Bye-bye.